Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 149th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. Find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, the Bill and Ted to my Rufus, Salim the Dream Abraham, who can be found at Salim TD, and Miss Heartring Ali Hart, who can be found at Miss Ali Hart. How you doing? It has been a hot minute since we've all been in the same uh, internet-based circle. What's going on? <laughs> going good. What's a heart ring? What do you mean by heart ring? Well, you are like the, the human heart ring from like Captain Planet. Oh. You're the oh, one that helps that him control one? the monkey. Was he? Was oh, his name Suki? On, that's good. No, he's... I don't know what his name I was. I know the guy's name's Marty. Mm. I don't remember what the monkey's called. Mm. Mm. I don't know. But I just thought it tied in nicely, you know, Miss Ellie Hart, you're the human heart ring. Dream, you're probably more like um, like Wheeler, the fire guy, yeah. the brass <laughs> fireman. Love that. And Love maybe that. I'll just be the um, um, the Russian blonde chick because she was a Linka. smokehouse. Linka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember the entire intro too, by the way. I grew up on that shit. She was, was she wind? I think Linka was wind. Yeah. yeah, see, yeah. that's that's on brand from for me Eastern because Europe, I have been farting like, like a demon. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be the connection. <laughs> uh. Well, I'm clearly not an attractive like uh, woman from the Soviet Republic. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Put a wig on you, see how you look. Hey, uh. you've seen me in a blonde wig and it uh, didn't end too well. Have I? Oh, no. Remember um, yes. Off Track? Was yeah, it the I Rooster remember. Teeth live stream? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a photo of that on the social subway. I'll yeah, find I'm passed it. out and you're beside me. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't wake up sore at all. So I know you didn't sort of date rape me, which is nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not usually an inclination of mine to do that. So uh, right I'm glad I was ring. true to form. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wake up feeling the fire from my uh, Slim Wheeler dream. So uh, anyway. <laughs> okay. Moving All right, right let's, along. let's yes, let's let's move far past this conversation. How are we both doing? Good, I'm good. good. Mate. I'm full of coffee. I yeah, I had a nice early start today after um, watching the mighty GWS Giants defeat the Swans last night in the local derby. I managed to get some um, some members tickets at the Sydney Cricket Ground, so I'm I'm on a high right now, a huge high. It was a great game, and we absolutely pumped Sydney. Um, I know this has nothing to do with video games. It is not where you're <laughs> expecting me to take this part of the conversation. I just needed to get it out there. It's nice being a winner from the West. Well, you could reenact that in like AFL Live 17 or something. So there, there's a there's a connection there, you know? I got to say that, like, I was about to say that you're probably the jockiest one of our group, but then Brendan no, has his but- sports that he follows. Yeah, mm. Bre- Brendan's Brendan's slightly jockier, especially when it comes to NFL, I think. Yeah, mm. NFL draft is running, well, just finished about an hour or so before we started recording. So I've been well, seeing what, what the uh, the future of the Minnesota Vikings are up to. No, I was asleep. I didn't get up early to watch the final <laughs> few rounds. I watched yesterday and a bit on Friday. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, just been 
keeping up to date on the you know the website trackers and things like that so uh yeah mm. football haven't done a fantasy league in a long time i don't think i will either i think we're going to do an 8-bit nfl one this year which could oh, be wow. a bit of fun yep. oh. yeah heard i guess i am first. back in then that's it you oh. will never leave oh, drag me right back in <laughs> i don't even know who's who anymore so miss hart how the heck have you been it's been a hot minute since we've uh been all here at the uh hungry hq that's right. That's right. So I think I did leave everyone on a bit of a cliffhanger saying that I was going to be a bit absent due to life events. And um, those of you who have followed me on some social medias might know already, but um, I am now relocated to California. So, yeah. West Coast, best coast. Yeah. sitting on the West Coast in Cali and it is lovely. Um, I've always made a joke saying that California just needs another white girl called Ali. So mm-hmm. here I am. <laughs> and um, it's been great so far. It's been very, very interesting. So. You could fit right in as this new sort of character walking into like season six of the OC. You know, this this Australian mm-hmm. woman that's just sort of found a way into Orange County, coming into, uh, you know, run roughshod through the place and uh, get Ryan a little bit uncomfortable. I tell you what, America is not ready for this red resting bitch face, though, because I've noticed that everyone has been really overly nice and like in customer service, and I've been made aware that my bitch face is actually making them really cautious. Yeah. So I've got to work Ooh. on that. Apparently, I should smile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> try it. When, it, when it's due, you know? <laughs> Give it a go. Yeah. Just try smiling. What have you got to lose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, everything else... Uh, is like I'm slowly learning everything that's I say wrong. It's uh, was it tomato, not tomato, or something uh, or other. I've been saying tomato wrong. Tell so. him to get out of here. I know. And eight is another one that I say very Aussie. So what eight. you watch eight. eight? I go eight, like the number eight. Yeah. It's yeah. They don't understand that. You know oh, what? Until they can pronounce the the name Craig the right way, they've got no leg to stand on. Mm. Oh yeah. What are they? Craig. Get out of here. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's espresso, not espresso. You know that, yeah. right? And, and it's coffee, asterisk, not asterisk. Coffee, you take away. Like, <clears throat> to go, sorry. You take you take it to go. Mm. And I've been saying, I'll take it away. And they've just been looking at me weird. <laughs> so. You pay for it first. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay for it. I'll take it away. Ma'am, put the beans down. Ma'am, ma'am, you've got to pay. So I'm I sure going to have uh, many an antidote like these kind of uh, <laughs> my adventures in America mm. and exactly what I stuff up. Yeah, Miss Hart's Australianisms coming mm. soon to YouTube. Oh boy, no one wants that. <laughs> oh, well, here I was thinking someone's going to ask how I was doing. <laughs> I was on <laughs> Ali. I was, well, <laughs> you know, Brendan, that I could care less how you're doing, but I thought Ali would ask at least. <laughs> I've got to watch out for connection issues. I don't know if anything about being overseas will do anything. And so since there was a delay, I'm like, oh, have I disconnected? So but the question on everyone's lips, Ali, Brendan, how are you? Yeah, Brendan, how yeah. are you? Yeah, Brendan. I'm a Tell mess. Some- needy, needy fucking Brendan, how are you? <laughs> I'm a mess, all right, Salim Dream, you fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> I am a mess. Why are you a mess? Talk to me. My my insides aren't feeling too good because I had a burger and like hot wings last night, so my my butthole's on fire this morning. I went and got a haircut and a beard trim yesterday from my local, and there was a new gentleman there who cut my hair and my beard, and I didn't realize or he didn't say anything until nearing the end of said haircut and beard trim that he's some apprentice. He's like, 
I just need to go get my boss to to sign off on this now. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> I didn't fucking sign up for this. So like, my haircut's cut differently. He's cut half my beard off. He didn't shape it the right way. So I'm um I'm a little bit self conscious today. All right, I had to go in and try Aww. and fix my beard up a little bit. But uh, yeah, we'll not name names and shame like that. But I was not happy because I played full price still. I think your your head looks spectacularly round today and beautiful. If See, that's, any... uh, that's what I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid the moon head. You have like a bit like, of length I'm in the beard sh- to block it. I was not sure if that's what he was going for. No, but yeah. I think I think it's very square and angular. It looks good. The beard chiseled. Mm. I believe men like the word chiseled. Chiseled I'll, beard. I'll take chiseled beard. But uh, yeah, so I was pretty salty for a little while. Um, you know, into the evening yesterday. And yeah, now my now my anus is punishing me as well from <laughs> some hot wings. So Actually, it's just one of them weekends. Speaking of salty and burgers, I just want to take, give a massive shout out to every person that told me to eat Shake Shack and how it was the best burger place in the world. You're wrong. I don't know why you misled me like that, but you're wrong. Doesn't was... beat Hungry Jack's Penrith or... no it doesn't be hungry jacks at all but uh (laughs) i don't know everyone says that in and out's overrated i'm not even going to start this but um everyone said the best burger place in america is shake shack and i went there and i was severely disappointed yeah nah it's it's not the best but it's better than in and out like when i'm comparing those two i take shake shack over in and out but then I take a few burger places over Shake Shack. So. I'm going to take a rare moment to shout out a burger joint of my own. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much I hate this conversation, but there's a good joint near me called Burger Hub on Broadway in Sydney. And it's like, I, I don't know what like the best versus the worst is, but it is so reliably good. And I like just getting a burger on a Wednesday after like a lecture. And it's become one of my newfound joys in life. Just going and just getting one of these burgers on the way home. Fat chicken, it's got like some fried chicken with some jalapeno and some other stuff on it. It's really, really, really great. Just like nice dining experience. So you know what? I'm going to just throw that out there to the universe. See what comes back. Burger Hub's back. I know it's on the, like if you're walking down from Broadway Shopping Center, sort of along George Street, it's on the left-hand side, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know the one. It's not bad there. Keep it up, Burger Hub. Keep it Mm. up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeehaw. All right. So I've got a quick question for you two before we maybe talk about what we've been playing and then move into the the regularities of this this episode. And I thought this question would tie in nicely with sort of the the topic that's on everybody's lips this week. Uh, So I'm going to ask you guys, if we were to recast members of the Hungry Gamers as members of the Avengers... Who would play who and why? So maybe, Ali, did you want to cast the dream? Well, okay, so we had just briefly discussed this because I, as I was reading it, and I've got this really bad... I think I'm going to not remember who fits the Avengers because I'm not... You know, guys, I'm not a Marvel person. I'm a mm. DC person. So the Avengers are that specific group and now other people are joining in to help them, right? But they're yeah. not the Avengers. Yeah, like if, if you look at it, it was almost like there was a the initial six and then it's expanded from there, from in the film universe at least. But maybe for someone like you that isn't as adversed in the MCU, maybe you could think of Marvel characters in general. Maybe we can open it up a little bit more for you. If, if you I just really, to. I would really want to give Sam Star-Lord. Hey, yeah. I like that. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, I can see <laughs> so, that. A bit of Peter Quill. 
Yeah, because he's got the sarcasm. He's got like, oh. you know, that almost a little, a little bit of self-centeredness, but then that cool behavior and that caring side and then all that mixed into one. So I just you, I feel Allie. like that fits Sam. I knew you were one of the good ones, Ali. One. One of, of one ones. of the good ones. <laughs> cool. Not many. Dream, did you, did you want to cast yours truly? Yeah, um, I think that you are probably the Hulk because you're very self-conscious about your, your, your I don't know, self-conscious in general at the moment. Not in general, but right now, based on what right you just Right now I am, me. yes. Yeah, yes. very self-conscious. And you've it's got something inside right of you that you're terrified to let out right now as well. So I thought that that might be a good point for you to be the Hulk. Referring okay. to your Anus. That you mentioned my a ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my um, my spicy wing poo that is uh coming. Yeah, again. I'd say I'd say I'd say that like now, but if I thought more broadly about you in general, you're very entrepreneurial. Um, I think that's a given. And so you have a stark like quality to you there, my friend. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a little bit more suitable. Mm. But right now, Hulk. Right now, Hulk. <laughs> Brendan Anus Smash. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of tough because, like, not even taking the piss, I sort of envisioned Ali as a hybridization of both those two characters as well. Like, you know what? Don't don't fuck with me. You know, I'm 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 Tony Stark here. I'm I'm the kingpin of these areas. Uh, you know, I've I've got a bit of swagger. You know, he's got a bit of that sass. I like the sass. Um, yeah, so so now I'm trying to think on the fly because I don't see Thor, I don't see Black Widow or Hawkeye. They're sort of uh, like is, how do you not see Rocket Raccoon in Alley? How do you not <laughs> see Rocket? She is I like mayhem. that. I like that actually. Yeah, let's 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 go with that. Let's unpack that. Like, yes, he's a a wiry, twitchy little guy that does like a little bit of chaos. Um, likes to watch the world burn whether it be from from his or in her in ali's case her hand um mm. or whether it be third party nice witty sort of one-liners rapid fire dialogue always coming back with nice retorts um i like that actually see i didn't even think of rocket raccoon i like that very much see are they are they the avengers are they a part of the avengers or yeah i don't yeah. know are they? yeah yeah yep. watch and there's, okay, cool. there's yeah. that many shufflings of the deck too through comics that like everybody's almost been an Avenger, you know? So, mm. yeah, so there you go. Listeners, who would be who? Did we did we cast did we cast ourselves correctly or did we completely miss the mark? Tell us. Hello at 8bit.net or at we are 8bit on all the socials. Now, tell me. What have you been playing? Miss Hart? Rocket Raccoon? Uh, well, you think with all the time I had off, I'd actually have some time to play some video games, but I've been super busy settling in. Um, I did get to play a game I've wanted to play, though, uh, which is Lego DC Super Villains on PS4. Um, this game, I remember getting announced, and then I just kind of forgot when it was getting released, so it was good to play it. Um, I don't play a lot of the Lego games, so I don't actually have a lot of contrast based on the other ones but um in regards to just general interaction gameplay um it's a lot of fun a lot of simple fun uh, actually i shouldn't say simple fun i was confused as hell um yeah some the of controls. the um <laughs> some of the like the game presents itself as simple but the complexities yeah. of some of the puzzles and having to sort of jump between characters to use certain abilities like i don't know if, yeah. i'm assuming it's going to ring true with super villains i've played a few of the other 
universe Lego iterations. And it, yeah, yeah, there's parts that just stump you. Yeah, no, and you're exactly right. So as you go through the story, you start collecting more and more um, villains. So then you could switch between the villains. They've all got their special, you know, powers and abilities that will help through certain puzzles. Mm. Um, but I think it was just more. Yeah, switching between figuring out when they wanted us to use the powers and when not to, and then yeah, just general, I guess yeah, just general interaction. So, how's how's the story? Like, is it is it sort of Joker's the figurehead and he's bringing all these villains together? Is that sort of um, the basis? No, it's more of a case where um, there's a super villain out there and they want to get to know him better. So they actually it starts off with Luther, I think. Um, and then you're in prison, so they break you out. Not Arkham, the other one, the Superman one. Um, so they break you prison. out. Yeah, Metropolis, yeah, I think. I don't know. Attention to detail. <laughs> I'm guessing it's Metropolis I got so confused because I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like I, all I know is Arkham. Um, <laughs> so then, yeah, you get you break out with Luther and other people, join the you know gang, and then you eventually meet up with like Joker and uh, Harley. So... And it just it starts to evolve from there. So, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's cute. I mean, I guess this is for kids. It, it's sort so. of, I think it's like open as far as age grouping. Like, I think they're definitely tailored and marketed towards kids, but like some a, of those intricacies are definitely, you need a bit more of a mature mind to crack some of them, them puzzles and inner workings. Not even that works. I don't know if you could say mm. I have a mature mind, but it's yeah, it's, that's debatable. Um, yeah. Have Have you been able to live out any of your fantasies and play as Bane? No, not yet. Not yet. Haven't got a grasp on him yet. Mm. But it's cute. Um, customizing your own character. That's kind of cute. You mm. can kind of go a bit whack job with that. And one of the uh, weapons you can give yourself is a sausage. So um, you hey, can yeah. obviously imagine what kind of fun. You get up with that. Uh, so, um, yeah, overall Fit fun nicely game. into those Lego hands too. Just straight <laughs> yeah, on. Just wrapped right around. Um, so it's a fun game. Um, I definitely wouldn't have paid full price for it when it was initially released though because, I don't know, to me I don't really see much longevity in it. Um, mm. Is it for kids? I don't know. I barely understood it, but maybe a kid will. Um, it's probably a good way to get them into the DC universe, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. People are still taking their kids to see Deadpool, so yeah, I don't know what parents oh, are doing nowadays. Or just just watch the Lego Movie. You know, you get a bit of bit of DC bleed through in those with with Batman and things like that. Mm. So yeah, mm. yeah. So you've been playing an, another another title, but on the old uh, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, um, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. So this was the one I think that was meant to be for the Wii U, but they've you know vamped it up for the Switch. Oh my God, these games are fun. Um, I'm useless. I'll give you that. I play as Luigi and I am useless as shit. I don't understand why I've never been good at these games, but um, I'm constantly falling, falling off things, um, knocking the other player out when they're trying to actually, you know, play the game well. So, um, yeah, that, one, that one's fun. I think everyone's usually played this one, the Super Mario Brothers. I, I find that, and even like uh, something I talked about on the, the House of Mario last week, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, I find playing these sort of side-scroller platforms where where you are in-game with, with other characters, it can be often more of a hindrance than than sort of a benefit because they, as you, you were saying, like you can get knocked off platforms or you try to jump at the same time as they do and you bump into each other and then you both fall down the, the ravine. Um, 
it can be a, like it adds to the chaos and I understand why they do it but when you're trying mm. to just smash through the levels and you're constantly getting knocked off through something that's through no control of your own it can be fucking frustrating yeah mm. like you know the whole idea of co-op is that you're actually meant to be cooperative mm. but I don't know maybe it's when you have two people that play as mains and someone trying to take the lead and no one wanting to follow maybe that's the issue but a couple of alpha dogs yeah yeah trying to play alpha but i mean i i am not gonna lie that i laugh hysterically when i knock my teammate off um (laughs) wait until you try and play it like four player like where it's mario luigi and then toad and the other and toadette it is it is bonkers like it is almost impossible to get through levels without one of your teammates not knocking you off something to your doom yeah i know i actually didn't actually play four player but i could only imagine how stupid that would be oh, nothing yeah. would get accomplished no just hmm. just blood pressure rising that's that's all that gets gets done playing four plays mm. yeah but but yeah that's what i got up to in my two weeks off which was not a lot i haven't really picked up anything new yet i've only just set up my pc so i've been pc list for like two weeks it's been crazy um but what about you guys what are you guys been playing I have been playing new things. I have been playing Mortal Kombat 11. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll have a video review up, hopefully by the time this is uh, aired through the podcast circles. Uh, recorded all the audio the other day. All the videos getting cut together as we speak. But uh, boy, howdy, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, it is fantastic. Like, Sort of, I don't want to go into spoiler territory with it, but the story mode that they've they've sort of embedded into this game is just about the best single fighting player story experience. Yep, that makes sense. That I have ever played from any franchise. So we're talking, you know, Street Fighter, Tekken, even the oh, um, oh. Uh, sort of uh, sort of Marvel crossovers that they did prior to this. It is so so well done and so ludicrous, but it just works. Um, it's great and the combat's tight they've slowed it down a little bit it's more sort of the punches sort of hit harder I guess is the way you could describe it it's not as frenetic as it used to be in yeah. some of the other iterations uh, really deep roster graphically looks mwah, like it is gorgeous mm. um, you know it's sort of anyone that's played Injustice 2 recently knows how good that looked uh, mm. character archetypes are great and then there's like different models of the same character and they play differently to the other models of said character. So you've almost got you know, three times the roster with that same amount of characters based off their skin and their, their style. So there's a lot of depth to this game. Um, fatalities are fucking insane. The X-ray attacks are back. I think they call them like brutal attacks now. They've renamed it to something else. But oh, you, really? you know, the, the viscera flies left, right and center. There is some creative ways to kill people, that's for sure. And um, I've settled so far, Cassie Cage is my main in this. Oh. Um, you know, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade's daughter. Uh, yes, I just like her balance. She's got good speed, um, you know, good good combo ability and a bit of sass, which, which I'm digging. So uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat 11, mm, loving it, loving it, loving it. I saw the, saw the reviews and I was really happy to see that it was getting like reviewed very high. I think I've been seeing mostly nines than anything. Yeah. Um, but I'm just glad that everything came together because they've been doing really great marketing towards it, like all the trailers, all the little interactions, all the little fight sequences that they've just been releasing and just showing everyone. You mm. kind of wonder if it's like when they show you the best parts of a trailer and then when you watch the movie, it's actually not that good. But 
It seems like nah. It's they've showed you the best bits and everything is the best bit. So yep. well, you see I'm actually the, looking um, forward to play it. You see the um like the supercuts of all the fatalities and mm. it's it, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone just how gory and how messy and <laughs> how like hyper violent they they would be. But then uh, you watch them and you're like, Wow fuck. Like <laughs> they're really yeah. leading yeah. into this. How do they outdo themselves though? Because like from what I've seen of this one, it is bonkers detailed and very graphic. And because it's Mortal Kombat, the next one that comes out, they're gonna have to up it. Like, you know, so how do you up what they've already done? Well, I think yeah, ten, ten, 10 did the X ray thing. Yeah. And I think that was the first installment to really do the X ray thing, particularly mid fight. Um like you just you get a spe- like a special hit on someone and you see like you know a kick to the groin you see the nuts crack or something. The um, best one, yeah. So I feel like that never gets old. You know, it's like when you see people fall or like stack it. You know, those those mm-hmm. stupid funniest home video things. It's like that shit will never get old. That's always <laughs> gonna feel painful to you inside every time you watch it because you know when it's coming. So I feel like as long mm-hmm. as they just keep very like varying it it'll it'll still hit home yeah yeah and and it hits even harder the the more the graphics get enhanced like the more realistic it becomes and it transitions Mm -hmm. into you know 4k and inevitable 8k and things like that where it's gonna look almost like you and i on the screen getting ripped apart like and it Mm. so it does like make you cringe and wince a few times when you do see people get disemboweled or their you know heads smashed to oblivion or eyes go popping out or whatever else like there is a few moments and you're like by oh. a spider yeah like yeah but it's great it's so good um dream i know you are the resident fighting aficionado here is this Ooh. something that's that's on your radar is it, is it tickling your pickle you, you're down to uh give this a crack uh i uh, Am I? I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, technically, like, I, I had two fighting games on my draft. I just want to say. Mm. <laughs> yeah, one of them was Tekken. I, I didn't want to imply <laughs> that you are the, the fight sensei. But the resident fighter. Great draft. Great draft picks. Um, <laughs> I, I like. I actually like watching um, other fighting games more than I do playing them because I know how much time and effort goes into actually really being good at it. And I, um, I, I, I take a great deal of satisfaction just watching high-level play than I do actually just playing it myself. Like, I, I don't mind just getting on if I'm at a friend's house and they've got, you know, MKX or MK11 or whatever it might be and just, like, trying to fiddle my way through it. Um, but I, I definitely prefer to, like, just watch great play. And, yeah. um, and, and I'm certainly looking forward to that with, um, with Evo later this year. It's, it's, a, it's one of the big games that'll be there. So I'm, I'm keen to see what comes out of that. How yeah. does Mortal Kombat actually sit on that spectrum? Like, High. considering next to... Really? Next High to, like, spe- oh, Tekken yeah. and... Sport, yeah, so... Uh, like... Because uh, like, Tekken 7 was, what, 2016 release? With a 2017 console release. So that one's right. definitely been up. Um, Street Fighter Five sort of faded to the peripheral a little bit, but that's always going to be there. You've got Guilty Gear, Blast Blue, you've got... Other staples like Injustice Smash. 2. Dragon Ball's um, Fighters is a huge one at the moment. Um, okay. And then like Marvel Mortal vs. Kombat Capcom still has much Yeah, M- M- Marvel vs. Capcom, it, 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 that sits a little bit lower to be honest because I think there were some initial balancing issues. Um, but like Mortal Kombat's always there. Um, MKX was a huge release, a huge release. Um, mm. In part of the promo they had for that, they got a bunch of professional um esports 
um, players together just to do like a whole reel about what they enjoy and love about Mortal Kombat. And I think the game really stood up as a competitive fighter. So I wouldn't be surprised if this does just as well. It should. It really should. Yeah, well, it's it's getting a lot of positive press oh, outside of the the now rumors about the the crunch mentality uh, at Netherrealm. There's been a few things on Twitter that I've seen pop up regarding uh, work practices and things, but you know that's a topic for another day. But um, one quick question on Mortal Kombat 11 before maybe we we shift on to Dream, what you've been playing. Who would you guys like to see as a potential downloadable character? in Mortal Kombat 11 because you know they're happening uh, Mortal Kombat X had like Predator and Alien yeah. and bloody Freddy Krueger and stuff like that who do you think would be a worthy addition to the roster for MK11 to join in like from another yeah like not from not from the Mortal Kombat universe so, so from somewhere else I, look I gotta be honest I would love one of my Senran Kagura characters in there just for <laughs> tits Reasons. and giggles <laughs> <laughs> So, why not? Let's get yeah. them high graphic, you know, double Ds going. I, um, yeah, and I, I don't know if this is because it's sort of front of mind, but I'd like to see one of those kind of nameless infantry in Thanos' army in there. One of those kind of ghoulish, like, <laughs> rippers, because I feel like they're probably a lot... They always look to me like incredibly violent things that never do anything violent in the films because it's obviously, you know... Not not that kind of movie, um, the Avengers Bob movies. Kids. But I feel like the, you know what I'm talking about? Those little yeah. runners, they've got like crazy teeth and talons and shit. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they, they could rip of, something apart. They sort of look like the, one of the new characters called the Collector, but like he's sort of almost like a, a lighter version of that. But yeah, multiple appendages, teeth, angry, ready to decimate. So that could be pretty cool. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. Like we've had, we've had obviously the bloody Walking Dead crossover with Tekken. We've seen. Geralt yeah, from Negan. The Witcher roll into Soul Calibur. Trying to think of other sort of tentpole franchises where it could work. Like they could play off the, the hotness of Sekiro and get him in here. He, he might sort of fit that roster. You know, he's, he got, could, the, yeah. he's got the claw arm. He's got the, the, the samurai blade. He's um, got the prosthetic nice with a lot of yeah. versatility there. Yeah, there's a lot they could do with that as a, as a character. Yeah. Play off, play off Scorpion with his get over here and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to... Rest my hat on that for now. And I think that ties in nicely. Yeah, that might be a good segue into my uh, what I've been playing. Obviously, Sekiro um, just continues to be this game that I can't put down. I think I played it till about 4 a.m. on Friday night. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's just such a fantastic game. I, I'm really appreciating it more and more the more I play it as well which isn't something I've really been able to say about a game for for years, I feel like. I feel like there's always a, an eventual point where it just kind of gets old. And there's something about this game that just keeps bringing me in. Um, the, the more um, prosthetics I unlock as well, the more combat actually really does evolve for me as I push through it. And the more I play, like, you know, fight bosses and mini bosses, the more I'm actually just developing, uh, I guess, the, the combat style. It's crazy. Um, I was pl- I was playing uh, against this uh, boss called the Corrupted Monk, and I went from just like parrying everything, which was kind of a tactic I was using against the boss before that, to starting to use this particular prosthetic um, technique, Mist Raven, which is like you just dash behind them. Um, so if you imagine just getting hit, you disappear and fade behind them. So it's like a blink behind them. Um, and I started using that and I actually started getting a lot of success with that. It still took me like 15 attempts to kill this thing. 
And my housemates absolutely heard me scream, go fuck yourself at like three in the morning <laughs> to this thing. So I, I got it down to like the death blow, but also took the hit right as I got it down to the death blow. And this fight like drags on for 10 minutes. So just to even get to that point, yeah, I was very unhappy. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like I, I continue to think that the, the posture mechanic is maybe one of the best mechanics I've seen in any kind of game of this of this kind. Um, it, it just there's there's so much depth to just that one mechanic where timing becomes such a big critical part of combat. Um, I'm also having a lot of fun just like finding secret passageways and stuff. Like um, again, I'm staying off the internet. I'm not trying to learn too much about the game. But I'm talking to people about it. And I'm like, oh, how did you approach this boss? And they're like, oh, did you get this thing? And I'm like, no, what's this thing? And they go, oh, there's a pathway here. Try that. And I just spend like, you know, time trying to find this little misty thing that's three f- bloody stories in the air that I've got to jump on four buildings to get to. It's it's fun. It's like a lot of fun. It's a real adventure. Um, I'm probably going to be playing this game for like at least the next two weeks. I promise you that I'll come back next week with something different. Uh, I feel bad coming back talking about it. Like every time I come back to this show talking about it, I know I'm just gloating because I love it. Um, but I just but really want to get that out there. I fucking too, love you know? this game. Sorry, babe, what was that? I, I said, I think that's like, that's a positive and it sort of reflects how good the game is. Like it's, yeah. it's a game that I need to get back to, but I've just been distracted by you know other other games and things like that at the moment but hearing and, and sort of i guess living indirectly through yourself and some of our other friends um from from the space that are all about this game um it's a testament to from software with what they've created here and hearing all the stories and and like what you were talking about then it almost feels like we've gone back into the 90s where yeah obviously the internet and, and guides and things weren't available so you, you're sharing tips with your mm. friends about how you did that or getting insight from there or you know reading it in, in some like physical magazine or something like it's it's cool in that way i'm vibing it in that way from from the way you're conveying it it's it's definitely that and I, i'm making a real point of avoiding all the internet stuff as best I can. The one thing I have done though is after I beat a boss, I'll actually jump on the internet to see how other people, like what the, the generic strategy is for that boss, just to see how other people are approaching it because it is vastly different. Even mm. just talking with Marche from Forever Movie Boys, he's finished it now. Um, even just between he and I, we've both approached the same boss very differently and, and both succeeded in the end. So it's, it's a lot of fun for me to just discuss that. Um yeah uh so securo we love you um a little bit of her a little bit of league of legends um this week as well uh surprisingly i just had i a bit swear of last week didn't you say you were done with Hearthstone for a I while i did say yeah i just haven't found something new for the phone yet it just it it's something good to play when i'm watching the football you know what i mean which is yeah. a dumb thing to do i like i swear i'm just fucking i don't know too fidgety i always you need just need things. something in your hands eh? it's always got to be games and music <laughs> <laughs> games and that or yeah, whatever you know um senran and anyway you do um, that too much you'll go blind is that how it works apparently Harry palms uh, i was just concerned <laughs> that my right bicep was getting bigger um so uh what else Oh, look, two movies to talk about really quickly. Um, the first one was Shazam. So Is it any good? I haven't watched I it yet. Have have you seen it, Ali? No. I think it's a really good DC film. I think it's a good film. 
I like it in that it's like super lighthearted. Tonally, it's very different to what's going on in the DC universe that, you know, it's come before it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a great film. Um, and there's, um, you know, I don't know a lot about the DC universe. I certainly don't know a fucking thing about Shazam going into this film. Mm. Uh, but it's fun. It's quirky. I, I don't know the main actor's name, the guy that Zachary plays Levi? The Shazam. Zach, yeah, Zachary yeah. Levi. He's fantastic. Like, he's having so much fun as Shazam. And it, it just kind of rubs off, I think. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so check it out. It is, it is good. Mark Strong plays um, Strawn, I think it is, or Strong. He's um, the eternal bad guy these days, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's definitely got a, a look to him. <laughs> doesn't yeah. he where it's like my question about this film is it cinema worthy or is it wait till it's streamable not by the dvd uh, it's I, I think it's cinema worthy it's not like Ooh. cinematically stunning the same way that spider-man into the spider-verse might have been um <sighs> where it's like you'll get so much benefit out of seeing it you know on the big screen mm-hmm. but it's good it's a good enough film that you should go to the cinemas to watch it and i like just pushing people to go to the cinemas anyway i think it's such a, so a dying tight thing, you know? tuesday kind <laughs> of movie. get that popcorn yeah yeah it's 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 worth getting out there to see i think i think you won't regret it um but mm. i know we probably don't want to talk about it too much because uh, we'll probably be crucified by the hordes and the masses on on social media but avengers endgame <laughs> brendan you and i have seen it yeah, we um, did. We both said earlier that we want to both see it again. So, I mean, read into that what you will already. Did you have any thoughts, any spoiler-free thoughts about it that you wanted to share at the moment? Um, I need to try and pick my words carefully to avoid okay. crucifixion. Um, I appreciate it. I'm not going to crucify you, but yeah. I, I think how they executed, like, I guess you could say the closure of, of sort of phase one, two, and three culminating in this big movie and... And this is the, the 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 final the final sort of moment. I think it was really really well executed. Mm. Uh, I think they handled all the prior stories from the twenty or so movies, um, and sort of the histories there with a lot of respect and care. I think the wrapping up of certain stories or, or characters, and and that's as deep as I'm going to go on it in that regard. I think it was it was done really well by um the russo brothers and kevin fahey and all the all the other sort of writers and producers and everyone else that was involved i think it was Mm. it was a testament to everybody from cast and crew to the cgi teams to the actors to the the soundtrack and the score uh like it's three hours so so strap in like it's a long ride it didn't feel like it was three hours to me no it doesn't it really doesn't. I like the the only thing to take away from the three hours is just don't drink a ton of liquid before you go in there, um, because you you don't want to you don't want to have to rush out. I had to rush out halfway. I picked a pretty good moment, I think, to do it. But yeah, you you, you want to avoid that if you can. Do you have that P app? <laughs> the P app. Yeah, there's an app that like tells you when's a good time to pee during movies. No, I did I didn't know that was a thing. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Shit. Okay, I'm I, gonna get that. I just, I just sort of had my legs clenched together for the last like half of the movie because we we went and watched it like nine thirty in the morning on Ooh. the on the oh. on the Wednesday. Yeah. And um, obviously you start your morning with a coffee, so I had a, a coffee beside me, a bottle of water, and obviously we did the popcorn and the coke. So I'm like eating popcorn, <laughs> drinking a coffee, chasing that with some coke. 
and then my bowels and my my bladder was just like gotta go man right now and i'm like no you fucking don't and i just sort of locked my legs together (laughs) and just rode out that final hour very uncomfortably but i just didn't want to miss anything and i didn't have the app downloaded so i didn't know when was a safer safe time to uh go do we so um yeah be very careful with what you're consuming leading up to the movie because yeah it's it's a long run yeah i guess um bring an empty bottle yeah, don't or, do that. Don't honestly, don't do that. Uh, it's up to you. You know, <laughs> if you if you want to try your luck, try your luck. Um, Guys, good. Uh, yeah, I, I echo a lot of those thoughts. For me, um, I, I, I'd say I'm a bit of a harder critic on these films in general, just because I I I do feel a little bit tired with the the formula, and um, I wasn't terribly impressed by Infinity War. If I'm just being honest. Uh, but a lot of the criticism that I did have about that film, I certainly don't have about this one. And um, I do have some questions that I would like to discuss with other people in a f- like a bit of a full spoiler context. Um, uh, but I have to say that the film has a... It's three hours. It has a lot of time to let things breathe in a way that Infinity War didn't. And that's great because you spend a lot of time with the characters you care about in this one. And I thought that was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that, um, you know, the events of the story aside, like the this will probably never be done again. You know, this this event to have such a lead up, such a, like a runway up to a final story. Um, the fact that they pulled off even half of this is incredible, but the fact that they got this full, you know, 22 films in, I, I just don't imagine how we will ever see this again. This really is like a very Star Wars-esque moment, I think, culturally. And to, to be able to live through it in real time and experience all of it is something I do think is very special. And for all of the gripes I have with all of these films, um, I actually think that this was a fantastic film. Um, I am a crier and I did tear up a little bit in, 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 in a, a few parts of this, more than one part of this film. And I think that that's, a, 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 I guess, a testament to what the Russo brothers have been able to do here and what those actors have been able to make me feel over time. And I, th- I think it is a you know, good film. I think it's a, it's a great film. It's a great sign off. Um, it's certainly one that I want to see at least once more before it leaves the cinemas. And I think, yeah, it definitely, definitely needs a viewing. It's probably also just commercially going to be the biggest film of all time, I think. Um, I think you bang on the money. Yeah, bang it's already close wow. to a billion. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's a fucking huge achievement. Um, power to everyone involved. Was. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, I feel like it's I can close the book on the MCU in my life now. I feel like up until this point, I feel like I just have to see the next one to see how this thing ends. And now I feel like I can comfortably just close the book on that. And I think that they've done they've done that for me organically. I'm not bowing out. The story's done. I'm very curious to see like when they start road mapping phase four and beyond, you know, because it's going to happen. These things oh, make mate, this Disney a bucket load of money. So this is going to go well beyond our lifetimes. Oh, uh, for sure. Like they've, they've already confirmed um, there's a Falcon and Winter Soldier spin-off coming to the Disney streaming service. There's a Hawkeye and his daughter spin-off coming to the streaming service. There's a Vision and Wanda spin-off coming to the streaming service, which is somehow set in the 50s. So it's going to be completely 
disconnected from the the mainline um, MCU. Uh, they've obviously got a Black Widow movie they're doing at the moment. The works, there's yeah. there's another Guardians movie coming, and is that it? I think that's all. And another oh, and Black, Black Panther, Panther two. Yeah, Black Panther yeah. two's coming. Um, Spider Man. Uh, oh yeah, another Spider Man. Far from Home's coming up this year. Yeah. So they got a, they got a lot in the in the sort of melting pot still, and yeah. maybe maybe this next phase we'll see the reintroduction of the X Men, uh, new cast uh, and things like that. I think no doubt they'll get sort of weaved into the stories here. Uh, maybe they'll try and get some Deadpool action in there eventually. I don't know. Like it's they've got a lot of source material to play off to to keep this thing going well well beyond our lifetimes. The, but the more interesting thing to me is what happens to all of those Fox. Um, uh, IPs once mm. the takeover occurs because Deadpool's fantastic um, for you know for, for all the bad that the X-Men movies are at the moment and the likely bad that this Phoenix one is going to be I think they've had a lot of fucking great X-Men films over with Fox mm-hmm. as well um, and I, I I know Disney will, will do good by it but i just don't know that they'll take risks the same way that logan and deadpool took risks and i, I do have concerns about it sort of being monopolized because you know I, I like seeing those superhero films they're good superhero films and they're different from marvel it's nice to get a, a bit of a, a a break from the generic formula that marvel just puts in with these bloody films so i'm a bit annoyed by that but we'll see. yeah i think logan's probably when i sort of measure them all up from sort of the the Marvel universe, including the MCU, I think Logan probably sits atop for me, uh, above everything, including the X Men films and Deadpool and everything. I think mm. it was just so expertly done, and it just resonated with me so much, um, and it was a perfect send off for for Hugh Jackman and Co. So uh, yeah, more of that, please, and thank you, Disney. <laughs> but Miss Hart, go watch it. Go watch Endgame. You said you're going to watch it today, tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. I'll catch it tomorrow. I'm just curious if I'm going to feel anything considering my feelings towards the MCU. So, we'll see. Does Miss Ali Hart have a heart? Where's fucking Find out Batman? Tomorrow. Where's Batman? <laughs> Batman would have done that better. <laughs> Bane would have beaten the Hulk. Bane would have fucking killed them all. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It'd be very interesting. Yeah, but um, if you do want to get uh, a little bit more spoilery on Avengers Endgame. Uh, it is what it is. Have released a special review episode, which is available now on all podcast hosting platforms. I think the first 10 to 15 minutes are spoiler free. And then after that, they just dive deep. So uh, give that a spin and also pop by our Discord. We've got a Avengers channel popped up on there. So if you do want to jump on in and talk some spoilers, riff on some theories and some ideas, uh, jump on over to the 8-Bit Discord and say day there too. We also have a Game of Thrones ones there too. We do. We do. Um, I'm excited for the Battle of Winterfell uh, tomorrow, mm. uh, which will be airing you know, a few hours after this episode drops. So uh, yeah, bring on the body count in episode three. Who do you think's going, the blood. To, uh, who do you think's going to die? Everybody. Yeah, everyone really. Mm. Not much of a show Ooh. after that. <laughs> they'll they'll um, find something. I reckon Brienne. I reckon Brienne oh, Tarth might cop it. She's gone for sure. You know, yeah, she's spoilers, gone. but yeah, she's gone for sure. No spoilers. We don't know. We're just guessing at this point. Yeah, just think- spoilers. Just, <laughs> just right out there. That's how terrified we are. I was terrified of predicting correctly at the moment. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, so one more quick bit of housekeeping before we get into the news. 
Um, have you signed up to the AP Patreon yet? If not, then right now is the perfect time to jump on board. With tiers starting at just $1 a month, granting you access to exclusive AP content as well as swag and various giveaways. Uh, on the topic of giveaways, we are currently running a Patreon-only competition where you can win yourself a copy of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, one of the best games of the last 12 months, as well as an Audio-Technica mod mic, a set of Audio-Technica in-ear headphones, and some 8-bit stickers. So uh, all you got to do is be a member of the 8-bit Patreon. So starting from a dollar a month, that giveaway is going to run for another two weeks with the announcement of said winner on May the 15th when episode 6 of the 8-bit cast releases to the public. So get hyped for that. Shall we jump into some news? This week's news headlines. The first bit of news. Fortnite's Avengers Endgame crossover and 8.5 update now live. at Thanos vs. the Avengers. And this comes via way of Steve Watts at GameSpot. And the article reads... Fortnite developer Epic Games has spent the past few days slowly doling out teasers for an Avengers Endgame crossover event coming to the hit Battle Royale title. Each of the images teased an iconic piece of Avengers equipment, and now at the launch of Fortnite's update 8.5, those items and other Avengers goodies have arrived alongside a special limited-time event. The limited-time event pits teams of Avengers versus Thanos and his goons as they race to get equipment that can bring down the other. For the Avengers, this means items like Cap Shield and Iron Man's Repulsor Gloves, while Thanos uses his trusty Infinity Gauntlet. You can win some cosmetic items, including a nifty Quinjet Glider, the in-game shop is selling some limited-time cosmetic items as well, such as a Black Widow skin, harvesting tool, and emote. So, uh, the Fortnite Avengers sort of collaboration continues. Uh, we obviously saw Thanos make his appearance in uh, the sort of a few years ago when we had Infinity War pop onto the screens, and now he's back year. closing it off. Last year. Yeah, it was last Fuck, year. Time, time flies. My God. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Oh, Lord. But yeah, back again. It's like this Avengers thing is popular. Some might say. <laughs> well, Some if it wasn't say. before, I think having it on Fortnite would definitely make it more popular. Mm. Yeah, um, hopefully Fortnite can boost its popularity. Yeah, I haven't actually seen any <laughs> gameplay of how this all <laughs> how this all fits together. I can certainly imagine, based on last year seeing the um the the sort of Thanos Gauntlet mode that they were running, and that looked. Mm. It looked like a lot of fun, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest Fortnite guy, but uh, it definitely looked like a lot of fun. Um, does this, uh, I guess, as ex-Fortnite players, does this entice you to jump back in and take a look? Or are you no, kind of happy with it choose, go? Why would they choose Black Widow as the skin? That's just That was the easy way out. It's the hot one. That's because she's the sexiest. Yeah. I got, I got to agree. Fortnite has probably some of the best butts in video games, but... Uh, Black Widow skin, no. Could yeah. have been anyone else. Oh, oh, no. It's obviously one of the simpler skins to make. Like You can't really do a Hulk skin because the the generic character sort of model is not going to expand out then to be Hulk size. So, so maybe she just they fit totally the They totally could have done Iron Man though. To, yeah. To, they to, totally could have done Iron Man. To, um, I guess to re- refute that point, refute, rebuttal, um, the Thanos mode turned you into Thanos, which... Turn your whole character model into a larger Thanos character. Nah, but these skins you keep after this mode oh, ends. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, so you can't be a giant Touché, Thanos Touché. rolling around because that's, you know, then then your hitbox hypothetically is much bigger than the rest, so you're at a disadvantage playing as a as a Thanos skin. Point conceded. Point conceded. Mm. 
Yeah, you just serve it and I just hit yeah. him back. <laughs> 15 love. Um, in regards to the mode, so it says one team is going to be like using Avenger tools or being Avengers and then the other team will have Thanos. So does that mean one person gets to play Thanos? I don't know. I really... Yeah, so so like, so one team you're you're the the quote unquote Avengers, and then the other team will be Thanos and his sort of um, his evil henchmen. The the Black Order, the Black Order are sort of the big dogs. Um, they were sort of the main sort of four big baddies that sat the above him. So so we'll, yeah. yeah, so we'll just sort of say maybe they the the sort of minions and underlings underneath also fall under the Black Order there. So yeah, right. but I don't know. It doesn't move the needle for me. Like I'm a big Avengers guy, but Fortnite is very much in my rearview mirror uh, when it comes oh, okay. to gameplay experiences. Yeah. And yeah. like, I can't say that this is going to entice me to all of a sudden jump on it. This is definitely there for the dedicated <laughs> fans of the series that just need to get these limited edition skins so they can show them off whenever they want. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah, nothing about it would entice probably the more. Oh, I guess maybe if you were an Avengers fan, maybe you would consider jumping on, but... Yeah, so so maybe this next uh, bit of news I wanted to sort of bring to the table might entice you to jump on it. And this ties into uh, the Avengers Project, and this is going to be everything we know as it stands today on the Avengers Project coming to consoles, hopefully sooner rather than later. So we're going to go back to January 2017. Square Enix and Marvel announced a multi-game partnership that will begin with an Avengers game made by Tomb Raider developer Crystal Dynamics and Deus Ex developer Eidos Montreal. At the time, it was due to be released in 2018, though that time frame has since come and gone. So sort of fast forward a little bit, that announcement was accompanied by uh, iconic Marvel images, Captain America's shield, a busted containment unit and shattered glasses suggesting a loose Hulk, Thor's hammer, Molnir in a pile of rubble and a malfunctioning Iron Man glove. An accompanying voiceover suggested the group had been separated, but they will soon reassemble. Now, no official name has been given to the game, simply titled at this stage, The Avengers Project. Then moving forward a little bit to uh, September 2017, the first details of The Avengers Project's gameplay emerged. Alleged job listings for the gaming indicated it would feature social and shared online play and would resemble, uh, in quotes, third-person cover-based action-adventure game. Um, And then during DICE 2017, IGN spoke with Marvel Games creator, director Bill Roseman, who revealed that upcoming Marvel games, including the Avengers Project, wouldn't be held to MCU canon, saying we want to give developers freedom to tell their story and we want to make it an original story. Mm. Um, And then the next thing that's getting getting sort of the uh, the needle moved, I think, in, in a little bit of a positive direction, Square Enix recently revealed its E3 2019 press conference date and time, which is uh, Monday, June 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and this prime slot used to belong to Sony. And though there's no guarantee the Avengers project will appear at this special broadcast, Square Enix did promise to show, in quotes, an exciting lineup of titles. So I know this is all pretty broad stroke hearsay. Let's have some guesses in the dark, but... What do you reckon about this title? Like, I think on the back of Endgame, it's going to be a perfect time to announce or show a trailer, get the hype going, Square Enix and Edos. Yeah, like, this this movie's going to get talked about for the rest of the year. So, you know, people are still going to be sitting around that water cooler talking about uh, those moments from Endgame. What is Rack and Dream? I'm going to toss it over to you first. Um. So, um, 
What do I think? Uh, it's you're right. It's broad strokes. It's very hard to actually decipher anything from from I guess those quick quick updates about where this whole thing's at. Um, just thinking about the last great superhero game that I played, Spider Man. I think that the the thing that made that a really great game was that the mechanics of that game really lent themselves to just what that one hero does. So I'm referring obviously to the verticality of the map that you you mm-hmm. you know running around in there and it just makes whole web slinging thing fantastic. Um trying to think about how an Avengers game would be fantastic um what might make it great. It's kind of got to be the same thing and if you just think mechanically about what all of the just just the generic five that everyone knows, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Hulk, Captain America, or Nighthawk. What is it? Nighthawk. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. That's the original Nighthawk? six, yeah. Who's Nighthawk, Nighthawk is um it's a modem made by Netgear. I have a Nighthawk. Sorry, all right. <laughs> all right. So those five in the modem, um, they're all vastly different, beep, boop, right? Beep. So so how do you how do you make that work? You know, if you if you just give everyone access to all six at the same time, you know, Iron Man's obviously gonna f- fucking find his way through any map faster than anybody. Scarlet uh, bloody Scarlet Johansson Black Widow like that character that that hero she really can't do much contextually compared to everyone else not to be a dick about it but like she's not really a superhero she's just a really good assassin yeah like her and Hawkeye are just two two regulars compared to the other four where they're just yeah really good martial artists and and good with weaponry so yeah so i guess just designing this game you you really have to focus in on one point to make it you don't have to but i like i i struggle to see how they can make it sort of um you know how they can let you just pick any any of those you know any of that roster like they really have to it might refine be only it to a single path and a single um, linear progression through through the story. I, I think it'd be cool. So where I was trying to circle to here was I think it'd be cool if they let you create your own and then you've got the ensemble behind you and you refine that character's skills or abilities to a certain set that works within a world that you know does encourage exploration and does encourage you to be able to go outside of just one path. I think that'd be cool. And based on how vague everything we've seen is, I think that's a possibility still. But yeah, we'll the, see. The where I think they're going is firstly when they f- the first thing that they dropped, which is saying that it was Captain America's shield, the Buster containment unit, which is Hulk, Thor's hammer, and then Iron Man's glove. So maybe they're just going to circle around those four main characters, which would then um, link into being able to play online. So you'd have four a group of four as a party um and then you know those maybe might be the characters that you can play as Mm. um and then those four specific characters apart from iron man but i'm thinking like anthem kind of mechanics here so all those four characters kind of have similar kind of movements and kind of you know action structures so i figure maybe that's where they might be going around with it um and, and the thing that is kind of concerning is that they're saying that they can be as liberal with canon so story canon so yeah maybe they're just going to work around those four specific characters and where they're at and why they're separated why they might be coming together and why you would be playing them they can do 
Yeah, I think that's great though. I think because that gives them creative license to do whatever they feel is necessary to make a great well, a great story. And there's yeah. got to be a lot of, um, like I don't know the comics, but you know, there's probably like a, a hundred variations of Avengers stories, right? Like there's a yeah. lot, that they, there's a, lot, a lot that they can draw from there. Surely there's to, the West um, Coast to tell Avengers. a good story. There's a what? West Coast Avengers. So the Avengers looking after California. Carry on. Mm. It's, it's a thing, <laughs> okay. but yeah. Super progressive. <laughs> it is actually. I think it's more young people too. <laughs> yeah, anyway. right. yeah, like it's... I, I think of... Um, remember DC Online? Like, yeah. Which, which obviously has now been, been sort of wound up and closed down. Like maybe they're going to try and make it in that realm where you do make generic superhero character X... And these people just form part of your party throughout the throughout the game's progression. So maybe you don't get to play as Hulk and Iron Man or whatever, but you could make yourself in their likeness to to be the next Avenger. Maybe maybe the Avengers project is you know you're you're this new one trying to come in and and, and be part yeah. of this or bring the old crew back together. Um, and and that might that'd lend itself to having that online world. But what you were saying, Ali, as well is could lend itself to that anthem to that that uh destiny vibe where you maybe do end up playing as those main archetype archetypes where hulk could replace you know be the titan for the example the big tanky character you've got uh iron man that's almost sort of warlock-esque in a way uh you know scarlet johansson black widow she could almost be sort of that hunter or, or hawkeye could be that sort of hunter world so there is those archetypes that you could sort of pigeonhole them into but I don't know. I'm keen. Any anything more Marvel? I'm I'm definitely interested in. Yeah, I I think so. I just sort of an obscure reference to what to you know to what I was maybe suggesting the the Dragon Ball Xenoverse series. That whole thing is um, completely you know not can not canonical, um, where you create your own character who's a Saiyan who fits very neatly into a story that involves all the characters that you know and love. And the life that that game has still is incredible. They're still introducing content into it because it just still has people playing. And I think that you could totally achieve something like that, even more so in a Marvel universe where you have, um, again, just it's it's got all the, the right ingredients. It's got a huge roster of characters that you can lean on. It's got um, a very open-ended sort of world where anything's possible you've got iron man and scarlet witch and you know all of these characters are so vastly different from each other so to just sort of cherry pick little things that you could customize into a single character would be a lot of fun and i think that people really anytime there's character creation there i feel like there's just a direct connection to the player because you're putting your own preferences onto what you what you want to play as and you live that experience as the character and i feel like that would be fantastic in marvel and i haven't seen it in a marvel game ever mm. um yeah i don't know i'd like to see that and and like i wouldn't i wouldn't mind a class base kind of structure yeah mm. and and having two two big developers like, like crystal dynamic behind it like destiny i think it's gonna you know it's, it's in good hands it's in good hands yeah. like playing with playing with some some big heavy hitters like that they know how to make big games they know how to make immersive games good looking games uh, know how to how to sort of write and create good story and good narrative so mm. yeah maybe maybe we see this announcement um on the uh e3 presser uh, in in about what is it now six weeks time 
Mm. Yeah, shit. It's close. (laughs) (laughs) That snuck up, didn't it? Where's the year? You should go. You're local on the ground now. You're just a few hours away. Oh, yeah. Foreign correspondent for Mm. (laughs) 8-Bit. Maybe. That could work. All right. The last bit of news before we move into one final segment. Uh, Nintendo Switch has 23 million selling games in the last fiscal year. This comes via way of Matthew Handrahan at gamesindustry.biz. Software sales drove revenue and profit growth for Nintendo in the last fiscal year with 23 million Switch games selling more than 1 million units. The two biggest sellers were Nintendo's major launches for the year, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with 13.81 million units and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee with 10.63 million units combined. The third and fifth best-selling Switch games to date. Nintendo's other big first-party release, Super Mario Party, sold 6.4 million units, but it was beaten by Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which sold 7.4 million units despite having launched in April 2017. In total, 23 Switch games became million sellers during the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2019, and 118.55 million units of software were sold overall, an 86.7% increase over the prior year. Nintendo's digital software business also increased with full game downloads on Switch almost doubling year on year to reach 1.1 billion US dollars. So Nintendo, mm. swinging for the fences, exceeding said fence, and then singing over another fence. But my goodness, they are just going from strength to strength. Remember, like, years back when we were talking about the Nintendo Switch and how it could have... Yeah. <laughs> its possibility to flounder and not make great I, success. Look at, I look only at ever are. said it would be successful, and I'm proud of that prediction. I stand by that. I don't remember what I, I said. I, 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 said I said this console will make or break Nintendo. I said if the Switch falters and fails, then they might just switch to just doing software only, like a, like a yeah. Sega. But clearly... Yeah. I was way off the mark on that, like 23 games individually selling over a million copies each. Like that's, that's some big boy numbers. Yeah. And the <sighs> funny thing is, is that those games, those specific Nintendo titles are also like locked into their price points as well. So there's not really any kind of, you know, competitive against the major consoles with those particular titles. So you're usually stuck at a price point. Especially if you buy off the bloody store. Oh my god. Yeah, like but, um, it's it's admirable that the Nintendo stick to their guns with pricing and don't drop their pants and things like that in that <laughs> regard. But at the same time, a game that's been out for several years still at that ninety dollars or eighty dollars or whatever it might be is a little tough to swallow if you're late to the market on it. Yeah. It's, it's I actually find it hugely frustrating. And I feel like I all think, it does yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Bailey. I was just going to say, I feel like all that does is it just um, really reinforces the secondary market of um, pre-owned games for Nintendo because like to see years after the fact, Nintendo DS games selling at the, um, you know, introductory RRP is fucking ridiculous. And those games, you know, obviously don't depreciate the same way that a hard copy disc will um, because they're just built differently and and you know these little cartridges are tougher but that doesn't you know it doesn't justify fucking having to pay like 60 dollars for pokemon black in 2017 you know years after it's released 
um, that um, Zelda game that released on launch, right? Yeah, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was, yeah, it only has had the biggest drop on the eSaw that I've seen um, Australian in Australian dollars, which was sixty something dollars, like that has been the lowest I've seen it on the Nintendo store, and that's at, that was only like a couple of weeks ago. I wonder and that's the biggest drop. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I wonder about the like psychology behind the the um, marketing, sorry, the sales strategy and the pricing strategy mm. because I do feel like there are games that, and tell me if you guys feel the same way here, but like. There are games that you see get released and on launch you're like, I'll wait for that one to come down a bit. That doesn't look like a full mm-hmm. price game. I'll wait till it drops 20 bucks, 30 bucks, then I'll get it. And that's cool. And then you you, you know, you do or you don't down the line, but you, you, you sort of earmark it in the back of your head, like not yet, maybe later. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel that yeah. that isn't a thing with Nintendo? Oh, it's certainly well, not a thing. <laughs> yeah, like if they were really smart about it, like, so there's two things that I've occurred like that have occurred to me with um, my Switch, which is I've been waiting for Breath of the Wild to actually go down in price, and every time I see it on sale, to me it's just not justifiably cheap enough. And now it at the time has passed enough where I'm gonna just borrow someone else's game, because I'm I'm not gonna pay sixty bucks for it. Like, yeah. it, to me it's still not worth that. Like to me it's still a gamble because I heard great things I didn't hear, you know, mm. and I've got a million and one other games out there to play. So, yeah. and there's other games on, on the Nintendo store where I've seen it on the Nintendo store and I've bought it for, you know, it's, it's it'll be like an indie title and they'll ask like maybe $15 for it. And I'm like, okay. And then I jump on Steam and see it there and Steam's selling it for like five bucks. So I'm like, damn, I've just been, you know, ripped off. Yeah. So I definitely recommend a lot of people if there's like really, really indie games that you see on there on the Nintendo Switch definitely cross-check it between your PC and your phone or your console because mm. chances are it's probably cheaper there and maybe you got ported there first. So mm. that's the only thing I can recommend. But yay, Nintendo, get that money. It is good to, to see this story because, there, you know, when, when we started doing this four years ago almost, we were actually <laughs> talking about because it was being talked about everywhere that, that Nintendo was seriously suffering. Their stock price had mm-hmm. dropped significantly pre-release yep. of the Switch. Um, the the writing really was on the wall for them. So it actually really makes me happy to be able to sit here and, and talk about the fact that they're having some serious success, um, yeah. almost doubling revenue from uh, game sales year on year. It's, it's, it's a good news story for sure. Yeah, like they're, yeah, they're like the Switch console is outselling the PlayStation 4 at the moment, sort of almost month over month. So, um, wow. and and that's yeah. that's without Miyamoto turning around and you know lowering costs. Like he's, he's almost sitting there like an end game boss, you know, just laughing with his arms <laughs> crossed. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, you- I do think that that part, like that's got to be because of the timing of both console releases, though. It's Anyone who had a P- who wanted a PS4 has probably got a PS4 by now. That's that's mm-hmm. my that's the rationale I go in with because um, you know going back to that last story, they're talking about this Avengers um, game being a PS5 release. So if we're talking about next console, next gen releases, we're talking about the you know the death of the PS4 basically, and and yeah, I don't know. I feel like nothing. There's really nothing else selling but Switches at the moment. Um, yeah, definitely. And anyway. there's like a majority of like 
play like you know gamers that I interact with who are either like a strictly PlayStation person or a PC person, I'm still having conversations with them where they go, you know what, I'm thinking about buying a Switch. So there's tons of still potential sales out there. So do, do you guys know? I saw it the other day, and I don't know the figures off the top of my head, but it's it's a staggering difference. The units sold through their lifetime of PS4 versus X Bones versus um switches like ps4 has it both of them kill dead to rights ps4 are close to 100 million now um and i think the xbox might be something like Five. 60 something like that like they're substantially and, and switches behind are less switches are less than that yeah yeah so sony's clearly head and shoulders above the competition in console sales yeah especially with uh such fantastic exclusives such as days gone which came out this past week to much uh, critical wow. wow. (laughs) We didn't didn't see that coming. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, but talk about a massive seesaw and opinions though. Like you have people from the media who are straight up just saying, yeah, miss the mark, miss the mark. But And I don't know if this is just people being people, but going, you know what? I liked it. I don't know what their problem's about. It's almost like they make games for different people. But... Yeah, it's just been interesting to see the seesaw effect on everyone's opinion of this game. Yeah. The media hates it. Critics don't Everyone like it. Everyone else likes it. I'm, I'm yeah. going to try and play it this week. I've, I've got a copy um, and I'm going to try and play it this week and I'll, I'll, see, I'll see where I land on it. But mm. it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I've read a few different reviews from a few different voices that I sort of respect and relate to and, and they're all pretty consistent as far as... Mm this game falling well short of expectations so but we'll see we'll see um ben studios they they make good games and um yeah i like zombie stuff so we'll see we'll see what i get out of it all i'm gonna say is i didn't even realize this got released until people started posting stuff about i'm like oh it came out all right yeah it was was a bit of a stealth release wasn't it yeah anyway all right, so let's uh, let's move into the final segment of the podcast, and we're going to be bringing back the oh-so-successful mini-game show known as <laughs> Who Am I? Oh, no. <laughs> Mate, can feel the enthusiasm permeating through the headphones. Who are... I'm just getting... I'm just setting myself up to lose again. <laughs> okay, so for those that don't understand what Who Am I is... Uh, Who Am I is going to be myself um, giving out a series of factoids about a video game character from some point in time. Um, Miss Ali Hart and Salim the Dream Abraham are going to be going against each other to try and guess said person. Um, When I do throw one of these factoids out and they do get it wrong for that pass, they are out for that that factoid. They can come back in afterwards. And uh, I think the points system at this stage... Dream's got one genuine point, one stolen point. Uh, Miss Hart is still on zero points, but, uh, you know, champ, time champ. is still on her side. I'm the champ champ, is, uh, is what I like to say. And I uh, submit to you, Brendan, that both of them are genuine points. Uh, one of them was a technicality on your part in that you didn't actually ex- um, expressly say or explicitly say what I can and can't do a la Google the answer. And the second one was when Ali effectively said the answer in the game title, but not the character. <laughs> and yeah, then I, I said did. What am I, not who am yeah, I? You got the pity point on that one. 
So, uh, I think technically, well, if we're being honest, I'm probably zero and Ali's closer to two, but... So wait, no one won the Resident Evil are. one, huh? Sorry? Yeah, None no, of us won the no Resident one Evil. Did. No one did in the end. Yeah. Oh, was, did we, was there a third one? Yeah, oh, yeah remember there was, was the Resident Evil one? one. We didn't know Nathan Drake and then fucking whoever that person was. Yeah. All right. But she won popular character for Nintendo 1997, I think it might have been. Four? 97, 94? The, the clues she are meant the to motorbike. get easier. They're meant to be clues. You know? Mate, I didn't write the rules of this game. All right? I didn't write the rules. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> you are I don't know where I put game. the rules then, all right? It's very like fast this segment. Loose. This segment is us turning against you, Brendan. That's what this is. <laughs> anyway, all right. All right. Let's go for another Resident Evil character. Let's so the first clue. I was created due to my developer's inability to obtain licensing to use characters from the Popeye franchise. Wait, Cuphead. did you say Popeye is in the cartoon? Yeah, as in... <laughs> is that what Popeye does? Yeah, it kind of is, I think. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? I, think I don't is. know. It's been fucking 50 years. Um, all right. All right. The not next cupheads. one. My physical age... Is he just is... not listening to my question? It's not Cuphead. He doesn't... Oh, it's okay, not Cuphead. Right. I, yeah. I ignore the trash answers, all right? My physical oh, age is about 24 to 25 years old. You'd Were you expecting us to get this already? Oh, I was waiting to see if we are going to have a crack. <laughs> it's clear as mud at the moment. The next one. According to rumour... No, it's not Cuphead. And oh, it's okay. still not Cuphead. Oh, okay. All right. According to rumour, during localization of my de debut game for American audiences, the publisher's warehouse landlord, Mr. C. Gale, confronted the president of my company demanding back-paid rent. Following a heated argument in which employees eventually convinced to Gale he would be. Is this clue? <laughs> what the fuck is this clue? The story. Listen on him. I'm taking you on a journey here. Oh my god. <laughs> fuck. And then I went down to the cafe and I told the barista to go fuck himself. Like, what is this clue? <laughs> trying to get there but you've broken me following Sorry, a mate. following a heated argument in which employees <laughs> eventually convinced Sigail he would be paid they opted to name the character in my game after him oh is it Guile from Street Fighter no no Wait, what's, but I like I like the what's thread the connection there named after? What was Mr. Sigail S-E-G-A-L-E Oh, is it Seagal from Street Fighter? <laughs> no, it's no Street Fighter related character. <laughs> Damn it, my fighting him. The next question. I appeared in the 2016 Summer Olympics closing ceremony to promote the 2020 Summer Olympics. Want to have a crack or the next one? Yeah, what is this was Mario? That, sorry? What was that, Dream? It's Super Mario. Wasn't it Mario? That... Is correct, Salim yeah. Abraham. You win. Thank Who you very much. Who the fuck is called Segal in Mario? He's Mario uh, Segal. Mario Segal was the yeah US warehouse owner, uh, and yeah, they apparently 
hadn't been paying sort of to use the warehousing fees and he was going to take them legal. And they said, how about this? We'll what? name this hang character on, after on. you. Hang on, hang on, hang the fuck on. Mario is not 20-something years old. That's what it says on the, the Nintendo Wikipedias and everything. I had to cross-reference this a few times. 24 to 25, they reckon. I love that, uh... I love that, uh... Fuck. <laughs> I love the way that that Seagale story really started. I thought we were, I thought we were going to be in for a 20-question run here. <laughs> he is not in his 20s. Give, give me your, the rest of your run here. I want to okay. hear where else this went. What did his, what did his mother-in-law tell his... His We're getting there. on the day of their wedding. <laughs> just, just you should. My creator yeah, no, no. originally named me Mr. Video. Uh-huh. Would that have given anything away? No. In the early stages of my game's development, I was unable to jump. So we're talking Donkey Kong when he first broke in. Yeah. You could only climb ladders. I made my video game debut in 1981. I made my television debut on Saturday Supercade, an animated series that hit screens in 1983. Hmm. I feel like smarter people would have definitely got it with the. I think the the Olympics the Olympics one was the giveaway because that's yeah. why I wanted to double check what year you said. Yeah. Because I'm like the the only video game yeah announcement that like I recall being linked to the Olympics was Mario. Um, See, I wasn't sure I wasn't how listening. savvy your Olympics knowledge was, so I thought that I could feel, be a giveaway. Oh, we're a bunch, of, like we're a bunch one... of jocks in here. We're a bunch of jocks. Yeah, that, that, that one that one was a be pretty big giveaway. But yeah, I the, think that was the giveaway. The the localization made me think Japan, obviously, straight away. Yeah. And mm. then the 24, 25-year-old, though, that threw me. Yeah, it threw me that too. Is, yeah. it, it is so wrong. Well, is I, it, is I it really? He's got a mustache. Age. How old's he meant to be? I don't see a single gray hair in there, so it's, you know, it lines it up. It's great. I know guys with grey hair in their 20s, but, you know, yeah. that's their problem and their uh, self-consciousness. Anywho, he is not in his 20s. <laughs> he is not, he's, he's not in his early 20s. A couple of other ones I had was I was originally attended, <laughs> intended to be a carpenter in the attempts at being identifiable as a relatable, ordinary, hard worker. And that was straight off the Nintendo side as well. What is he, Jesus? And then I did, I've worked as an archaeologist, athlete, Work medical physician, and more. See, that would have been a giveaway. Yeah. But the Olympics, in all honesty for me, the Olympics one was the giveaway. Mm. Hence why I was trying to confirm. But we getting, we getting mad anyway. at Brendan for giving it away too soon? Or? No, not really. I'll, I'm more mad at the age. Yeah, I'm more no, mad the at the good. age. There is no way he's that thriving young boy. That means he's younger than me. That's nice. So I think we're all ignoring the, uh, the, the real significant thing that happened here, though, which is that I have once again won. This. What's that? That's the like end of the I episode. Yeah, all right, let's do the closings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I did it legitimately. So, you, you did win that legit. Yeah, that one is. So, yeah. does, do I get some kind In of honesty. prize? Or is, can we work out an award? On the or back. Better competition or something? I don't know. What are we. What I'll, are we send you, I'll send you. I was just about to give you the Uncharted one as a legitimate win, but fuck you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your approval, Ali. I take what I want. Yeah, fucking bloody young ass Mario in his early mid twenties. Bullshit. Mm, just like me, young, 
Can we 20s. put a poll to say to see what people think how old Mario is? I want to get everyone's opinion on like how old they think Mario is. No, you know what? Up. I disagree with that notion because Nintendo is saying that he's 24 or 25, right? Yes. Yeah. So facts are facts, Ali. You've just got to accept them. This is how we get into climate, you know, global warming debates because people don't accept facts. So Mario's 25. Mm. Just got to live in that world now. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> kind of throw me off this has been episode 149 <laughs> of the hungry gamers podcast it has been a roller coaster of an episode one of our longest we've done in quite some time so uh yeah. you're welcome listeners for all this additional high quality content uh come via way of the hungry gamers uh <laughs> is there anything you guys wanted to say before we close this one down and uh gear up for our 150th episode uh, I did have two things I wanted to say really quickly. One, Ali, I love you. It's good to have you back. I feel like I haven't seen you in a little while. You look here, good. here. You look good. Cut back to what he was saying to me earlier. No, I, all of that still stands. Um, the second <laughs> thing was uh, I did want to say a uh, big thank you to Drew and Bryce um, for jumping on last week and doing the Hungry Gamers. Um, thank you for for letting us take the keys to your show in the big AGPN uh, shuffle that we did. Um, if you didn't listen to it, Brendan and I did the House of Mario last week, which is why you didn't hear us. And uh, we, we, I think you'll agree, we had a lot of fun doing that. It was it was fun to try something a bit different. And, and thank you again, Bryce and Drew, for letting us um, letting us into the House of Mario. And um, anyone that hasn't listened to that episode, the opening skit is the reason you need to listen to this episode immediately. Go listen to old Salim the Dream here. Try and do his best Blastoise impersonation. Um, I, I think he he sticks the landing a little bit gingerly, but uh, he did really well in it. Bloody had me in stitches when he was when he was dropping them Blastoise shouts. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it's the last gig I'll ever get voice acting. That's for sure. The one I give to myself. All right. What about you, Miss Hart? Oh, just happy to be back, um, and. Uh, Gonna enjoy that sweet Cali life. Oh, yeah. Go get high legally. Hell yeah. Hey, Cali yeah. son. Do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm so jealous. But I'm gonna go hunt down some Aportos. Uh because I've been craving Aportos really badly lately and there's nothing close by, so I'm gonna have a shower, get in the car and go and drive and get some Aportos. Double fill it or tropo burger. Yeah yeah. Do it, mate. <laughs> Alrighty. This has been episode 149 of the Hungry Gamers podcast brought to you by those sexy legends at Audio Technica. Head on over to audio-technica.com.au for the best in audio equipment. We're talking microphones, headphones, gaming headsets, turntables, in-ear, over-ear, you name it, they got it and it is going to have you sounding and hearing better than you just about ever have in your entire life. But this has been episode 149. I have been Brendan. That has been Ali. That has also been Salim the Dream. But until next week, Apeit Nation, much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.